following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Would you be interested in hearing a radio show? You are absolutely atrocious. Come on, man. At least listen to what I have to say. There is one person in charge of every office in America, and that person is Charles Darwin. We need to evolve into dudes who score. It naturally follows that if we can significantly reduce the inappropriate use of equipment, you should, like, copy your butt. We will also significantly reduce the number of accidents. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language and mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. Rose! Come on, I love you, Rose. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savia! It is the end of July, which always is, for me, It's I'm always kind of conflicted about that because you know the fall is on the way, which is great because... Football season starts. Hockey is just around the corner. And at the same time, that means cold weather will eventually come down. And I love, I love the summer. I mean, you know, who doesn't love the summer? Summertime and the living is easy. Well, on this, the day when the Washington football team reports to Richmond to begin training camp, we are actually talking hockey. J.J. Reagan will be here with us in just a couple of minutes because the Caps have made two huge moves in the last couple of days, so let's get into it. Brian McClellan is busy, and he has got to be because he's got some salary cap issues to deal with, and the Caps started dealing with them yesterday as they traded defenseman Brendan Dillon to the Winnipeg Jets for two second-round picks, one next year and one the year after, and then... Well, the big news today, and that is that Alex Ovechkin will be a capital for the next five years. Ovi tweeting out that he has signed his new deal. Let's get to Dylan first. Good player. Great player. I was all about that trade uh, when they made it. It cost them a second and a third round pick. I think McClellan did a great job. Not only do you offload a fairly substantial salary, and every million dollars help these days, but after giving up a second and a third for Dylan, you get back two second-round picks, second-round pick next year and one in 2023. And we all know the Capitals could use them because of the fact that, well, you know, they got to start restocking that farm system. In the immediacy, in the immediate, you know, short-term future here, it means that Martin Ferravari pretty much has a job to lose when training camp starts. McClellan has been saying since the end of the season, Farivari at 21 years old, he's NHL ready. He's ready to go. They need to get him up there. Problem is, and we'll talk with JJ about this in a few minutes, is that it leaves the de- defense, especially on the left side, kind of thin. I mean, you've only got three left-handed shot defensemen now. Heaven forbid somebody gets hurt you're in a lot of trouble. Still have to sign uh, both Ilya Samsonov and presumably another backup goaltender, unless you're going to go with Phoenix Copley. Of course, uh, Braden Holtby is getting bought out, just saying. But, you know, does Holtz want to come back here and play for the league minimum or something like that? Whichever. Uh, and then, of course, there is the grade eight. Ovechkin announced it on Twitter. It's five years. It's $47.5 million dollars couple of interesting things about this. First up, um, the average annual value is only about $9 million a year. It's actually, I think, slightly less than he made last year. 
it also is a year longer than a lot of people expected him to play with the Capitals before finishing his career in Russia because he says he wants to do that. Um, so with um, – with an with an AAV of nine and a half million and the extra year, what this tells me is that he's going for Wayne Gretzky's record. Uh, he wants the all-time scoring record. He wants to break it in Washington, and I I think that's very cool. I mean, you know, it's gen- he's a generational player, and maybe at the end of it, uh, if not the greatest of all times, uh, time damn right up there, you know, in the top three or four. He'll be 40 years old uh, when this one runs out after the 2025-2026 season, and Ovechkin will be 40 years old. Got to average 33 goals a season for the next five years. That would break Gretzky's goal-scoring record of 894. And, you know, there's no reason he can do it. You know, that's the thing about hockey. Um, We see it all the time. You see it all the time. You know, great players can play well into their late 30s. So, I, I, you know, it was, obviously it was going to happen, but I think it was, it's fantastic that this doesn't make the salary cap situation any worse. It improves it slightly, but, you know, that's it, it probably negligibly. Although, who knows, you know, an extra 100000 here and an extra 100000 there, might make all the difference when it comes to signing somebody that the Capitals really need. Keep in mind, they got 18 players in the contract right now. You normally have 22 or 23. You got to have a minimum of 22, and most teams have 23. And they've only got about five or six million dollars to spread over those four or five players. Here's the cap situation right now. I just looked it up on CapFriendly.com. The Capitals have. Just over $4 million in projected cap space now that they've signed Ovechkin. They got 18 guys on the roster. Minimum of four, maximum of five more. Right now, they don't have a goalie signed. So two of those have to be goalies. And yeah, Samsonov's a restricted free agent. So obviously, he's coming back. But think about it. They need at least one more defenseman. And maybe two. Uh, And they need another winger or two to choose from. I know that's about six total. But uh, they've only got Dmitry Orloff uh, and Michael Kempney right now uh, signed as left-handed, you know, left-handed defensemen. Again, you bring up up Ferravari next year. But still, you got to have some flexibility there. Again, God forbid somebody goes down. You know, you're looking at, you know, are you set at center? Well, what about Evgeny Kuznetsov, who's um, seven, you know, counts is a $7.8 million cap hit. And what's, you know, what's going to go on there? He's the third highest paid guy on the team. Be interesting to see exactly how it all shakes out. Uh, You know, does Kuznetsov get moved? We don't know. Uh, do you try to get something? Do you try to shed some salary with, you know, a Carl Hagland or somebody like that? Maybe yes, but then again, you know, you've got one hell of a of a good fourth line there with Dowd, Hathaway, and, and Hagland. So 
the savings has to come from somewhere. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Brian McClellan gets uh, gets all of this under the cap. Capitals insider J.J. Reagan joining us to discuss a very busy last, I guess, 36 hours or so. Well, you know, back it up and the draft earlier, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Brian McClellan doing some dealing here, J.J. Brendan Dillon on the way to Winnipeg for a couple of draft picks. That, I thought, was good. And now we find out from Ovi himself that the new deal is done. Not really a surprise, but a relief, right? Yeah, it was a relief because I think it took longer than I think most people expected. I think when the freeze lifted after uh, the expansion draft, I thought everyone thought the deal would be coming at any moment. I certainly did. And then, you know, it gets to into the weekend and it gets into Monday and then you start thinking, OK, what's the delay here? Now, I, I never thought that they were in any trouble of getting a deal done. I never thought there was anything really holding up the deal. It's just that once you get the free agency, obviously the story changes as to, okay, well now other teams can talk to them. Where are they? What's going on? So, you know, like I said, never thought this deal wouldn't get done, but it's certainly better for the, for them and for everyone for this to be done before the opening of free agency on Wednesday. Now I, I took a look at the numbers, but very, very briefly, not nearly as much as I'm, I'm sure you you have. Um, I think it's about what nine and a half million dollars uh, average annual value, something like that. Kind of what everybody was expecting. Did he give him any kind of a hometown discount? Could he have, you know, theoretically gotten more if he wanted to play hardball? Well, the numbers that we heard, uh, we heard beforehand. Like the first number that we heard was twelve point five million. Mm-hmm. That was the asking price, and I don't think anyone expected that to happen. His cap hit, previous cap hit, was nine point five and change. So. A little bit higher than that. But I think most people expected him to get 10, maybe 10.5. So do we want to call this a hometown discount? Maybe. I mean, he is he is in his mid-30s. So, you know, should we you be giving a player like that a raise at this point? As good as he is? Probably not. Um, could he have held their feet to the fire? Yes, he's the face of the franchise, and they had to bring him back. They knew they had to bring him back. You can't let a player like that go on bad terms. Right. So he could have, but it ended up being a, a deal that was slightly less than his, 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 uh, the cap hit is slightly less than his previous 13 year deal. Uh, I think that's good for each side. It's still a sizable deal. It still shows the impact he has on the franchise and it's still a good number for a player who scores as many goals as he does. Yeah. Uh, organizationally, I, I think they've got a, they might even be thinking about it as a win. I seem to remember, and my, my memory is somewhat less than a perfect thing, but I seem to remember Ted Leonsis uh, saying a, a couple of years ago that he was, you know, this deal for, for Ovi was, was going to be based on emotion. You know, there was no way, you know, Leonsis would literally wreck the franchise if he had to. He wasn't letting him get away, it sounded like. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's definitely reflected in a five-year term for a player who will be, I believe, 36 at the start of next season. Right. Uh, he will play his final year as a 40-year-old. I think most people expect him to take a four-year deal to align with Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, this is five years, so this will extend it. And maybe that's how they got the cap hit down. But I think it also reflects that while he might not want to talk about it, he's going for Gretzky. This, this is the kind of deal that shows me – because. 
we know that he does want to play in Russia at the end of his career. He wants to stay in Washington for the rest of his NHL career, but it does interest him to play in Russia. So to commit to five more years in the NHL with Washington, I think that's a clear indication that he is chasing Gretzky's record, and that will certainly be fun to watch. Have you been able to talk to anybody inside, you know, the organization yet on the record? I mean, how are they feeling about this? Uh, you know, was, was there any consternation? Are they overjoyed? What's what's the feeling in the front office? So haven't heard anything yet. Uh, I believe the the official media availability for this will be on Thursday, but you could tell. The thing that was striking about this was, okay, it's the last year of the, the best player in franchise history, you know, and so it takes longer than everyone expected. And every step of this, you talk to Ovechkin, you talk to management, and they're just, there was no worry there. There was no fear. There was no, it was clear there were no issues, you know, the longer this dragged out, the more you thought maybe there would be some questions as to whether there was a holdup, whether there was a problem, whether they were not on the same page. As long as this dragged out, and we're, we're literally the day before free agency, so it dragged out literally as long as it possibly could have. But there was no sense of any animosity, no sense of any consternation between the two sides. So I think it was they were on the same page every step of the way up until the time the deal got done. And... It, it seems like it worked out for everyone. Um, they got it done when they wanted it to get done. They got the numbers that everybody wanted, and it just seems like a win for everybody. Brendan Dillon going to the Jets for a, a couple of second rounders. You know, for a guy that I think has got one year left on his contract, seemed like a pretty good, fairly good return on, on investment, all things considered, right? I mean, should fans be happy about that about that deal? There are two ways to look at that deal. The first way is, is what they got for Brendan Dillon, and that is a home run out of the park by Brian McClellan. They traded a second and a third to get Brendan Dillon. And then in this era of the flat salary cap, where no one wants to take on, on salary cap or term, they managed to shed a three-year contract with $3.9 million worth of cap space, and they got two second-round draft picks in return. That is a fantastic return for Brandon Dillon. Just a fantastic return. So great job there by Brian McClellan to recoup that. The other side, the, the issue here with that is this leaves you with serious questions on the left side of your defense. Because now you got Dmitry Orlov, who was the team's best defenseman in the playoffs. He was great. Absolutely great. Um, you have Michael Kempney, who missed all of last year with an Achilles injury, his second major injury. And didn't look all that great after returning from the hamstring injury. So he is a complete question mark. And you have Martin Faravari, who was a prospect with six NHL games on his resume. And not only are both those players going to be everyday players, one of those is guy, one of those guys is going to have to be in your top four. So that leaves some serious question marks on the left side of the, of the defense. You know, I, what Brent, what Brian McClellan was able to get for Brendan Dillon is great. And that, that cannot be ignored great deal in terms of that but a defense with Orloff, Kempney and Faribari on the left I, I just there are two question marks on there and I like Faribari a lot um, I, I think can be he can be very good but that's two major question marks on the left side of your defense for a roster that could not get out of the first round of the playoffs last year I mean I have a hard time looking at this defense and and saying that it got better from this so maybe we see more moves coming up they don't have much cap space. 
they would probably have to it would probably have to be dollar in dollar out at this point if they wanted to make any additions but the the dylan deal leaves me with some serious questions about the left side well there is one pretty big salary that they could deal if they wanted to any uh any rumblings about a possible kuznetsov trade anywhere right so <laughs> this, by the know, way that was great the way you led into that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it so uh you know kuznetsov they put brian mcclellan pushed back on this on saturday after the draft and and made clear that you know they never said that they were going to trade kuznetsov and while true at the end of the year his final end of season media availability was basically that you know they were gonna have to make a tough decision on that player which is as close as you can get to yeah we're looking to trade this guy mm. so he sort of pushed back that they're not shopping him but he also fell short of saying that they weren't trading him either so i think if the deal presents itself that they're going to do it i think just brian mcclellan is cognizant that no one's looking to do him any favors and it costs money to shed cap. And even when you're giving a good player in return, that that there is a cost associated with that. And he doesn't want to just give up Kuznetsov for nothing. And the other thing to keep in mind with this is if you ship out Kuznetsov, you have to do it knowing that you're either getting a top six center in return as part of that trade, or you have one lined up in free agency to acquire because we all love Lars Eller. He is as good a third line center as you can get in the NHL, but a team with Nicholas Backstrom and Lars Eller as their top two centers is not going to win the Stanley Cup. That is not a right. championship roster. That's not good enough. You have to get a top six center somewhere if you give up Kuznetsov. Ain't that the truth. JJ, we got to bounce, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, as always, for your insight. Mick of the clock on the wall said, we got to get out of here. Tomorrow, we are talking Washington football. We got Michael Phillips, Merchant Times Dispatch, coming up live and in person from training camp, coincidentally in Richmond, right in Philly's backyard. We'll see you then. Uh, don't forget, you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, everywhere. Find podcasts are sold. And like the wise man once said, if you're on your bikes on it, as always, to wear white. 